Quick disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Matt, Joey, and I are not mental health experts. We are not licensed or certified in any way. We may share our personal experiences and we may mention the medications we're taking, but we are not offering medical solutions or advice. We may discuss some very heavy topics, including suicide. If you're struggling with a mental illness or if you're having suicidal thoughts in any way, please seek professional help. If you're having an immediate crisis here in America, you can dial 988 to reach the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Heavy Mental Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing our song, Wide Awake, which is the song that brought Matt and Joey and I back together after a long hiatus and uh, also the inspiration for this podcast. So uh, we've got a website, heavymentalpodcast.com. If you haven't been there, go ahead and check that out. It's got the latest episodes. We've got a new Discord that we just set up so we can connect with you guys and you guys can connect with each other. And uh, we also have a mailing list so you can know when we're doing stuff. What we thought this episode was going to be is us just going down the lyrical sheet of our song so that we could talk through that. It's in there somewhere, but man, like this, this song and these lyrics and this topic just really sent us into some more understanding of like what we're going through in our perspectives. And we talk a lot about mania and uh, depression as well in there. And I'm excited for people to hear this, man, because it really circled back to the song there at the end, which is just, it just inspired me even more. I was like, man, like we're just, we're right where we need to be right now. The cool factor of what this song, how it came to be and how we've interpreted it and done it. Yeah. I mean, there was a part in this, in this episode, in this conversation where I was literally just asking you questions, Matt, about what it was like. Uh, what it is like to to have bipolar and what happens when you feel a certain way and because you're you're giving examples and I was like well what happens when you you know what it actually feels like to to live with a mental illness and and also like what you can do to actually help with that you know so I think wherever you're at in this conversation whether you have a mental illness whether you don't whether you know someone who does this is like an exploratory we just talked about it and. I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know. So it's some good stuff ahead. All right. Shane, any comments before we get into this bad boy? I'm just still trying to process what an an excellent recap Joey just told us. So no, I'm good. Dude, I'm still trying to process the the past two hours. Yeah, I'm I'm reeling a little bit. Yeah. So I think (laughs) we got into a lot of things, man. And it was it was good. It was deep and it was encouraging and. I mean, I'm just excited for you guys to listen. So let's just get into this. This is the Heavy Mental Podcast, and we're going for it. Let's do this. Well, guys, it's been a it's it's been one of those weeks, man. We launched, and the response that we've gotten is just overwhelmingly uh, amazing as far as what people have heard and are encouraging and reaching out to us. And again, I just want to say thank you to everybody listening. Um, That's amazing. I I would say this up front, share this because if you happen to cross it, someone else could come across it. If you just share the link or share a post or whatever you can do. 
we just want people to understand and we're here and we're doing it and we're putting in the work and we just really want people to be able to relate to this and hear it. But I'm here with Shane and Joey. We're back and we are diving in to the song. I guess like what's what's your favorite thing about the song or what's like your overall take on the meaning behind the song and what it means, I guess, to you individually? Well, yeah, I mean, I my my 30,000 foot view is it just feels good to have a a song that sounds good you know the the <laughs> we had some we had some really good help from a technical to, standpoint yeah yeah from a t- it just sounds i mean we did this whole thing from home like right. my my good buddy mixed it for free because he's an incredible dude um shout out to him i won't say his name but yeah he's a solid guy for doing that and we're super grateful he crunched too man he was so busy but and we needed it fast that he just turned it right around i i really appreciate him joey like you knew how to record before this but not as much as you know now right after the process oh no no and i you know i i've been doing other recordings too i just i i've i've probably i was telling somebody else this i have almost 60 open project songs that are unfinished (laughs) some of them are just a lick like you know a a riff or whatever well that's how wide awake started joey it was just a riff well yeah that's 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 matt came in and i was like i got i'm kind of working on this one and it's rock and roll i I was like man that sounds like old school wellwater man which was the name of our old band and i totally does i was like i want to make Yes, let's make this song because I don't know, man. I just got pumped up about it. It literally took me back to the palace, man. And for those yeah. who don't know who, what the palace is, it was our old house that we that we rented, and it was the whole band in there. And it and it did, a one bedroom, one bedroom house. It did not matter. It did not matter how many people lived there. Every person had to pay a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> if we ran six deep in that thing dude we paid 600 if we rolled one deep in that thing it was a hundred dollars like what like what kind of i mean i guess they're like thinking like well wear and tear man you know what i mean like <laughs> we ain't charging y'all rent man we're just charging you wear and tear charging charging by weight yeah. <laughs> rent back then for a house like that was probably what joey a thousand dollars nine hundred thousand dollars like normally at the most at the most well i'm just saying like we got it for really cheap for how many for sure man we paid a hundred dollars each i mean that was it you guys did this i think you guys did this like regularly but i remember at least one time i was hanging out with you guys i don't remember who was driving it was i think it was either it was one of you and we had like a like a whole bag full of cans of like corn and beans and like green beans and stuff and if you throw them out the, the window road, no throw them in in front of the car yeah, like down the, the street yeah. and it would ex- hit the ground and explode and launch beans and corn and everything all over car. the windshield <laughs> yeah do you remember and then you got Shane? the windshield wipers on like pushing beans and corn <laughs> off the windshield so you can keep driving because we're going like 50 miles an hour <laughs> Shane, do you remember why we had that collection of 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 canned goods no. and we collected it just for that you don't know <gasps> oh you collected it just for that 
I don't know. I was hoping you oh, could no, tell I me. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, gosh. I, th- I thought you were about to say, like, you rated, like, a Goodwill or something, Joe. <laughs> because I wanted to, I was, I was hoping you'd be like, yeah, you guys talked about how you had been saving those cans up forever just to throw them out of the car. <laughs> Back yep. to the song, my, my closing out the 30,000 view. I sent it to my brother, Mike. And Mike, all he said back was, this is good. I love it. Can I share it with some folks? And when he said that, I was like, all right, we're good. It's a good song. I can't tell you how many things I've sent, how many, you know, Mike hears everything I've ever had my hand in and he's honest. So when he said that, it felt good. Yeah. I always loved the bands that he came across. Like he'd always... Hey man, you need to check these guys out. It's awesome. I'm like, all right. It was just really fun to play this genre. I mean, when do we ever get to, I never get to make music like this, you know, in, right. in that style that reminds me of all the bands I loved growing up. Yeah. It's not exactly making a bunch of money right now, Shane. That genre? No, but we're going to change that. Oh yeah. We're, we're going to the moon, baby. Dude, yeah. I feel like there's a really, really big void for rock and roll right now. Yeah. I mean, with nineties and you know, the 2000s will come back here in a minute, probably, because the 90s are kind of doing well right now. All those 90s bands. Like post-grunge, you know, like Nickelback and, and that sort of stuff. That's coming back for sure. Yes. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. For ease, I'm just going to read this first little bit, and then we can talk about it. I'll read some other little bits, and we'll talk about that. So at the beginning of the song, number one, this song's called Wide Awake. You just heard it. If you haven't heard it, it's episode two. Super quick listen, so you guys can pop back there whenever you want to and listen to it. Totally good to do that. But leading into this song, uh, the first verse is, I'm always reaching for something that's going to bring in the cavalry. But it, we said cavalry. We'll get back yeah, to that. Yeah, I, I got to go ahead and we'll, jump in. No, so. we'll, get, we'll get back to <laughs> okay. Let me finish this up. <laughs> but we all know that there's nothing swooping in to set us free. Okay, let's talk about cavalry. Yeah, so I sent this song to one of my good buddies way, long before it was done. It, I think it was right after the lyrics were done. And, you know, he, he wrote back and he's like, dude, it's awesome. Like great song. And he's like, I do have one thing that I want to say. And I was like, what? And he's like, you guys said, uh, bring in the cavalry. And he's like, you know, cavalry and cavalry are two different things, right? He's like, cavalry, you know, a, ca- a ca- cavalry is a cavalry, like, a, you know, I guess what soldiers, Calvary, I've got the definitions right here, either means an open-air representation of the crucifixion, or we just found out the second definition is an experience of usually intense mental suffering. So without meaning to, we've got a triple meaning on that one word. So I think what, what, start. what I intended on that, I think, was we all know that there's not a bunch of in the terrible situation that we, we find ourselves in, whatever that might be, we have to sort of like put our pants on and take care of it of our take care of it ourselves because there's not a cow cavalry of <laughs> of support coming to, to uh swooping in and making it all better. But yeah, cat. What, what did we? What did we? Gosh, I don't even know the words anymore. I love the fact that we caught They're it right. decently early, and Joey was like, "I'm not recutting it." Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> what? I feel like art and music should be interpreted by the listener. So you know what? You can- but Calvary with that secondary definition, it's kind of cool, and we wouldn't have known it if you hadn't messed it up. I don't even call it a mess up. I'm always reaching for something that's going to bring in 
The crucifixion of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm always reaching for something that's going to bring in an experience of usually intense mental suffering. And that makes more sense. Because I am always doing stuff. Seems like we're always fighting against doing stuff that's not great for us. I don't know. This this verse just sounds lonely to me, Joey. Like, yeah. like in the what, what you talked about in episode one, just that feeling of loneliness, even if you're not like technically alone. That's what this verse reminds me of. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. It, it, for me, it's just that realization that, and it's a really sad realization, I think, if you don't know what to do with it, which I didn't for a very long time. And I still don't in some ways, but like realizing that you have to take care of yourself and, and figure this out. Nobody's going to do it for you, you know? Right. Nobody can do it for exactly. you. You have to help yourself. People can yeah. try. Yeah. And they do, I guess, but. I always envision like uh, going, you know, in the in movies how cheesy it is, but you know how someone goes up to someone and is going to give them a huge hug and then they disappear. They're just sitting there like hugging air. Yeah, right. It is that kind of that kind of feels like that kind of feels like what this is because it is it's a it's a loss of hope because you did think, oh, okay, at least. We got that. I could always call so and so or whatever. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. in, in, in life, like when my dad died a year and a half ago, there was a lot of people around me, but I had to walk through that by myself. I had to walk through that in, in some ways completely by myself. And the feelings that I had following that, I remember thinking, nobody's going to come take these away from you. You've got to figure out why this is so sad and sit with it for a little bit and grieve and then move on. But yeah, it's, it is mad. It's like you're waiting to hug the hope and then the hope disappears. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. So why are we drowning? Drowning, but we don't say that. We're why from, are we drowning? We're from the South, man. When we've got everything we need, something's not working when it always circles back to greed. Yeah, I mean, that to me feels where you are right now. You see you're not doing well, but then you see like everything beautiful in your life, but you can't, you can't be in that moment for some reason. You see it externally. You know, I looked at my, my family and my friends and everything was beautiful. Everything's perfect, you know, but then I'm just, I'm just a wreck and yeah, and it's just, it is that realization in that moment. Like, why am I not in that? Like, why am I outside of this? Like you're circling back to your own greediness of your time and yeah. greediness of your thoughts and your worries, all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it, in the realization in the third line, it says something's not working. And all of our stories from episode one. I got, we all got to a point that we said to ourselves, something's not working. Something is wrong. Something is off. And, and yeah, I mean, honestly, it just true. You know, this section really just kind of set it up for everything is empty and, and it's not working. And so that's the activation part of it. This could also be, uh, someone might interpret this little section of verse one as stick it to the man. Like, if we if if everybody's promising us that it's gonna, all going to be okay, and we have everything we need, then why do we all feel like we're drowning? Yeah, that's a that's kind of something's not something's not working. If if this is all about 
if 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 your main goal is to just make as much money as you as you possibly can absolutely at our expense yeah you know that's one way to interpret it and i think if if you need that fuel i'm not saying go fight the man or whatever but like if that's what gets you through the day to interpret the art that way i say go for it you know because i can see it that way too i think that is how i interpret it as to me when i when i look at this verse it just it brings to mind just like the general mental health epidemic that's sweeping the world right now yeah that's true and it's like why are we drowning we have everything we need we we do have everything we need man like here in america especially like we've basically you know we have we have a homeless problem but for the most part everybody's got food everybody's got shelter everybody's surviving you know fairly a lot easier than it has been to survive in any other period of human history you know physically but mentally everybody is just getting more and more messed up and like something's not working when it always circles back to greed like what you said i just think i just think our society is focused on the wrong things that's what it reminds me of at the expense of a lot of people's mental health exactly yeah you know in the next part it's like we can't all get what we want so let's find a place to start you hear well you can't always get what you want you know, there's a song, you can't always get what you want. I think that was Michael Jackson, right? No, golly, who was it? <laughs> no, I was wrong. Old Southern rock band. Is that not the Beatles? No, it's not the Beatles, Joey. We are going to get, we got to cut this. We're going to get flamed for this, dude. This is supposed to be <laughs> dude, a podcast that's partly about music. Yeah, we are going to get flamed. We need to start, <laughs> we need to roll back. Guess I'll look this up real quick. Hold <laughs> on. It's the gosh darn Rolling Stones, oh, guys. Man. Dude, I've got, I have people that are going to hear this. That's why I was. I'm going to lose friends over yeah, that. I knew it was, a, I knew it was one of the big classic bands. Okay, I was kind of <laughs> close. You know, you hear that in society, like, you know, like, well, man, I know things are tough, man, but you can't just, you can't get all the things that you want. And at some point, it's like, no, like, I can get better. I can feel better. But that doesn't, that doesn't come overnight. You know, like that's not, that's not how it works. Like you can't take a pill and then boom, you're, you're healed or you're free or you feel great. You know, I mean, sometimes with medications that does happen quicker than others, but I mean, Shane, you went through so many different medications so that, you know, but you have to, you have to start. And so, you know, that's what it kind of boiled down to me is, I'm going to start right now. I'm going to find a place where to start. I'm freaking fed up. I know I deserve better. You know, I'm going against the, the jargon of, I can't always get what I want, you know? And, and in, in a mental health world, like when you're unaware or you're uneducated in that, it's a hard place to live but once you but once you understand like mental illness and what it is and if you and if you have it and you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel or you can see it or you can picture it and you think oh this is I need to do this you know one step at a time man yeah like exercise eating better you know that's a great place to start you know go visit your doctor tell them tell them what you know to start why don't you be transparent with your doctor Right. And you know, tell them kind of, what yeah. the crap's going on. Yeah. Right. Like, so how, how have you been, man? How, how's it going? You know, you go see them every six months or every year or whatever you do, you know, if that, and you're like, man, yeah, man, everything's it's, good, man. Yeah. Just busy, just busy. Stop for a second. Like I did this the other day, man. I was coming into work 
And I was just going to get my coffee like normal. And when, you know, I passed somebody and they were like, Hey man, how you doing? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm doing good. And then I thought about it. And within five steps later of walking past them, I was like, you know what? I had a really hard night last night. I've just felt like being honest, man. You know, those five steps that I took, I was just like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, that's what I just told myself. Honestly, I had a little bout of, you know, something uncharacteristic of myself. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, I was, I was manic and had a really bad manic episode and to the point of, you know, really, really struggling and trying to figure, figure things out very quickly. And, you know, a lot of those things like really firm foundational stuff just starts really coming into play. You know, I was, uh, during that time I was sitting there and be like, I'm not bipolar. Like, this is ridiculous. Like the antidepressant took me up and then Vivance took me to the moon and then now I'm on Lamictal and now I'm just kind of like, whatever. In two set, you know, like after the spell or whatever, Lauren and I sat down and talked about everything. Cause she, in the moment she was like, babe, everything's fine. You're good. We just need to circle back to this later and talk about it and let's talk through it. Cause we had like friends over and their kids were playing like I had, I told Lauren, I was like, Hey, can we get the kids out of here right now? I'm just, I really need to vent. That's hard, man. Did something trigger that? I'm curious how all that, how, if you're, if you're, if you, or whatever you want to share. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the trigger. I know that, you know, it's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of very heavy things are going on in the moment, you know, like we've got this podcast and we, and we've got, you know, the podcast stuff that I'm working on with Will and, and everything. And then you've got, you know, and I'm also coming into that season of like, dude, you're about to share a lot of things that most people don't share. Yeah, man. I I get it. Yeah. That's why I was. And in that moment I was like, dude, you've got this podcast and you're going in there and, you know, I know we have no authority, like we're not doctors. We're just a bunch of buddies that get together, but I'm just like, man, people are going to be looking at you for mental health advice. And like, are you're a fake dude? Like you're like, you're not really bipolar. Like all of these medications are just messing with you and all this other stuff. And like the following day, looking back at it, like, no, I had these issues before I even took meds. But like in that moment, I I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, you know, and I'm telling Lauren, I was like, we're getting off this medication. We need to figure out how to get off this medication. It's hurting me. It's done. I'm not myself and all this other stuff. It's a, it's a mind trip, man. Cause like I, I haven't, I haven't not been on medicine for five years. So I don't know. I don't know who I am without medicine. You know, I, 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 that's, yeah, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been diligent with my meds. Oh yeah. You have to be. I ran out of one, you know, for a couple of days there, but I got back on it quick. So, but yeah, I mean, pretty much for, for me as well. I just thought it was, I thought it was, you know, not hilarious, but I was like, dude, you were manic. (laughs) You said a lot of things. You had a lot of strong opinions, sit back, relax. And then, you know, I'm able to hear after those episodes hearing in that, doesn't happen. If I do hear something, 
you know, it's flippantly just thrown back in the back of my mind. Like, I don't care. Like I'm getting rid of this. Like, nope, that's not on my agenda. That's not on my, my plate to. And that's why Lauren was like, well, let's just talk about this maybe a little bit later. Oh, she saw it. She saw it immediately. But she said, she probably said it way more gracefully than that. But I'm, I was asking, cause I really don't know, you know, when you guys talk about, you know, finding the medication that was right for you and that worked for you. I didn't know how like you could be manic mania could be triggered like that. Like even though you're on your meds. Oh yeah. You can break through them. That's for sure. I'll explain it a little bit better. And I'm, I'm asking because I do not know and I don't understand. And there's probably people uh, listening that don't either. So please, yeah. Tell me if whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of things for me. I, I start questioning things. And when I start questioning really big foundational truths in my life, you know, and shift that into another truth, it's, it's a spiral, man. It makes me. Okay. So it starts with a train of thought. Okay. And I feel like I'm suffering physically in that moment too. Like I'm, I'm like, the real panic was I wanted to get the kids out of the room so that I could have, you know, and we had two friends over there. Now, good thing is, is they're, they're very close friends to us. And my panic was I have to get this out right now. Like, yeah, like, because you, know, you can't stand in the way of what I have to talk about, what I have to get out right now. Right. Get the kids out of here. This is the most important thing. Yes. It's the most important thing. Even, yeah, in, even sure. in the midst of that extreme situation though you know to still have the wherewithal of like i gotta get the kids out of here i can't do this in front of the kids you know that right kind of says a lot that's being a good dad <laughs> that's awareness you know kind of like i talked about in episode one just analyzing is it going away no it's not so you know finding things to maneuver and and process and understand I didn't know in that moment that I was manic. I was very focused. But later on, when I sat down with my wife, like we definitely was like, yep, that was, that was a manic episode. But in the moment, dude, you don't feel like you're having a manic episode. No. At least I don't. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, I, the truth is the truth in that moment. And dude, it, it's wild. It's wild. All right, let's get back on track. We're, we're headed into the, uh, headed into the chorus boys where the magic happens. <laughs> Do you guys want to try a quick harmony? Yeah. Um, wide away. No? <laughs> well, Joey, I would, except over the software, everything's kind of delayed a little bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It never, it never matches up, buddy. Yeah. It never works out how you want it to. All right. I guess we'll save that for later. Yeah. All I want to do, though, is, is sing with you. That would be great. Um, all right. The chorus is, I'm wide awake, but I'm fading running with the devil in the dark, even though I hate it. You're in the midst of the crap. You never want to be in the dark. I mean, like as little kids, you don't want to be in the dark. You especially don't want to be in the dark with the devil, man. And I know that's probably just a reference of scariness and emptiness, but there's a little bit of hope in, in this chorus, you know, it's, it's setting up for a hope. And that's why I love the fact that the full, chorus isn't until the end because it's kind of like 
leading up into that hope and it's like oh it's like you get to the chorus and you're like oh it's almost there it's almost there but like nope we're still in the trenches over here we're still yeah we're still fighting telling the story and the perspective of what it's like to be in the midst of all of it yeah exactly exactly shane any any comments on the chorus other than it's badass (laughs) it's badass man (laughs) you know what it reminds me of is i don't I don't know if you've experienced this, Matt, or or you may have, but you just don't have language for it. A mixed episode where you're manic and depressed at the same time. Dude, I so my knowledge of that is not clear. Like I, I don't recall a particular time, but I also wasn't looking for it. Yeah. I think with with an event that we did, it's called Whiskey Weekend. Shane's been um he came to the last one. And I, I just remember being hyped up because it's an event and, you know, we've put a lot of hard work into it, but I wasn't happy. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't myself, you know, it's easier, it's easy to have a good time, you know, when you're hanging out with really good people and you're having a, a whiskey drink or a bourbon or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. Yeah. I think when I get mixed episodes, or at least the ones that I can remember right now, you feel, I feel like panic and also hopelessness at the same time. Like normally panic is you're worried about something that's going to happen or you're worried about the future or whatever. And so normally if you're panicked, that means you care because you're like, you're panicking about something that you're afraid is going to happen or, or, you know, panicking about something that maybe did happen. But at the same time, you're also like totally hopeless and, and depressed it's just a really, it's a really weird place to be, man. That sounds, that sounds awful. That sounds like hell. It's not great. It, it comes usually for me, it comes along with racing thoughts too. So it'll just be, I'll just be bouncing back and forth between like my mind's racing and then I just get exhausted and like, I just don't care anymore. And then it fires back up. It's just, you know, some people for a mixed episode that could mean, I think technically a mixed episode means that like you cycled like more than once in a week or something, but it can also be like, it's also called uh, rapid cycling where you can, you can go from manic to depressed in like a second, basically. Me. Yeah. Wow. Now I will say this at my peak, it was like, it, I feel like that was happening a couple of times a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. I, I told my therapist that has to be so exhausting. It is. Yeah, dude. I told my therapist it felt like within one minute or like if I was playing a song and by the end of the song, I was going to be on the completely different side of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And it was just, and it was just, it was nuts, man. It was, it was fatiguing. Yeah. I mean, it just, That's it just an understatement. Yeah. Wore me. It wore me down, dude. It really did. When you say mixed episode, Shane, see, I, I sort of see it like that too a little bit. I'm wide awake, but I'm fading. Like I'm aware of the choices I'm making, although they may be not the best choices. I'm just like, I'm the devil's my companion. We're side by side running through the dark together, doing dark things together. And I'm aware that it's terrible, even though I hate it. Um, here I am. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your mental health is because of the choices that you made to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mental health is, has nothing to do with any of that, but sometimes it does, you know, at least on my side for depression, because there are things I do take medication for my depression 
and for my anxiety. There's all there are also things that I mean that have studies show that when you couple medication with th- other things like exercise and whatever else, things just work way, 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 way better. So I'm kind of like, to me, that's the meaning of it too. It's just like those times. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a cool chorus. The second verse is, can't we make it one day without finding out who to blame? We've all got these different tales, but they all echo out the same back in the sacred halls where we thought we stood so tall. We were always building up these bigger walls. Um, Originally, this song was going to be like a divisive, like a division within our country or within our individual lives with friendships and religion and, and all of these things that are very apparent right now within politics and within religion and within all the things. So back in the sacred halls was kind of a, a toss towards you know, being in the halls of Congress or being in the halls of a sanctuary or being the halls of your home. School. School, absolutely. And in my condition, like when I'm healthy, I thrive in a lot of those divisive areas, you know, and or I can mentally handle those way better, see through it, make logical decisions and, um, you know, have logical opinions you know, and that's where it's like where I once stood so tall and like that just is going to bring up, you know, more separation and more anxiety and more depression. Like when you're looking at something and you're not what you were or you're not where you were. And naturally, you know, at the tail end of that, like we were always building up these bigger walls, like within Congress. Yes. Was in within the church. Yes. But individually, you know, that's what I did. I built up these bigger walls. I lived in my pocket of I'm right. Everybody else is wrong and just really just destroyed a lot of things, you know, with a lot of people and a lot of relationships. You know, honestly, this, I, I agree, Matt. I think my, when I follow along with this verse and I'm kind of getting into it, the things that I'm thinking about, there was a time, at least with me and, and this, my circle of whatever, just my world, my life, when I thought I knew everything, I mean, I thought I knew everything. I'm not kidding. I had an answer for everything. I stood so tall, so, 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 so tall and proud on some of that stuff. Looking back, I was like, man, that didn't do anything for anybody. At least from my, what I, from what I was doing, you know, thinking that I, no, every, an, you know, a general answer to everything, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that I don't know much of anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's called wisdom. Exactly. Ironically. That is, yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Um, yeah, I'm working on another song it's, right now. It's called 40, but the chorus is, uh, it says, I used to have an answer for everything. Now all I know is that I don't know anything. I'm still learning to crawl. Yeah, that's cool. But, and then, so realizing, yeah, for, you know, the older I get, the more I realize I actually, I do, you know, the, the things I was, uh, you know, I, I was so, so, so proud and whatever, had all the answers. And looking back, it's like, I don't know, man, I, I feel like I was just building up walls um, for whoever wasn't on my side, you know? And then the, the first part says, can't we make it one day without finding out who to blame? 
We've all got these different tales, but they all echo out the same. I think it's, for me, I'm like, all right, y'all, can we just like realize that we're all in this together and we're all, everybody's dealing with something? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whether you have mental health troubles or issues or not, you know, everybody deals with anxiety, stress, big life stuff, you know, deaths and things like that. Trauma. doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what, how much money you have. Those kind of things affect everybody. And I think it just on some level, it's worth recognizing that like our, t- our, our stories are all different, but in some ways they're all very similar guys. And realizing that is essential, you know, to like, Taking a step forward together. Yeah, compassion. Yeah, it's necessary. Empathy. Empathy, Yeah, you know those. uh, I I score really high on all those personality tests and all the Enneagram Strengths Finder stuff with empathy. I'm always really empathy is always really high. I get more empathetic the older older I get. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when I was a kid, I would I would throw up walls around my empathy because you can get hurt. You know, I mean, if you're empathizing with people all the time, you're you're opening yourself up. You're you're becoming vulnerable. Absolutely. I wasn't willing to do that when I was younger. It's really only been since I've walked through all this mental health stuff that I've kind of relearned how to be available, like emotionally for other people without like damaging myself at the same time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Was there ever any doubt that we'd all end up burnt out? Yeah, with all that going on. Like, come <laughs> on, y'all. Jeez. Heck of a pre-chorus, man, coming into the tail end of this, which is I'm wide awake, but I'm fading running with the running with the devil in the dark, even though I hate it. And then it's find a way to keep on saying, keep keeping on, keeping on till you make it. Keep keeping on, keeping on. Keep keeping on, man. Um and and that's kind of where the the hope is, and that's where it is a line in the song, but the, the song is not the hope, right? It's, it's the hope is, is that we're growing. We're getting better. Some of us might be getting worse, but the fact that we're talking about it, discussing it, feeding off of each other, figuring out what works for you guys and what works for me and the experiences that we have, like some people might be listening to this and be like, I do that. I'm miserable. And maybe and maybe it's enough to spark like, hey, I'm I'm just going to go see a doctor and talk this through, you know. Community, friendships, you know, your close friends, you know, your spouse, self-reflection, self-awareness, learning yourself. Yeah. Through all those other people. For me, that's how it works. Exactly. Or, you know, like in my situation, I, I just needed to be known what I was really going through and, you know, and, and me popping on the podcast and talking about that the other night was a big part of that. It's in my nature. Um, you know, I, I always get everything out there, but now that you're self-aware of that and then now the balance is like, okay, you kind of stop yourself. You're like, I don't want to do that because, or am I overthinking it? And the whole mental health thing is figuring out that balance and maturing to know and be confident in yourself. That's a, that is no easy it's task almost impossible, for anybody. man. <laughs> it's, it's a thing that we will. And I, and I think that everybody on the planet on some level deals with that, right? Yes. I think you're right. On some level. Yeah. It's a, it's a spectrum. I'm not saying that that's mental health necessarily. I'm just saying like, 
that is mentally heavy. Yeah, definitely. No, I a hundred percent agree, man. Everybody's got their demons. You never know what somebody's going through. That's, that's another thing that's made me a lot more compassionate, empathetic. You know, if somebody cuts me off in traffic now, or if somebody's rude to me or whatever, I don't give it even, I feel if anything, I just feel sorry for them because I'm like, I wonder what they're going through. You know, like, I wonder what kind of day they had. I wonder why they're in such a bad mood. Like, did they have a rough childhood? Did, did their, you know, wife right, just leave man. them? Like, there's a reason why people are upset. There's a reason. Yeah. And that's, that's compassion, man. Just being aware of that. I don't think that empathy is like the key to saving the world. I'm not saying that like, because I'm in th- empathetic, I have things figured out either. There's a lot of things that a lot of times and a lot of days that I would trade empathy for other character traits that I don't have that other people do have. You would trade empathy. You mean just for your own, well, just for your own sanity. You mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's tough being an empath, man. But, but it's also, it's heavy, but it's good. I think, I don't know. I've just gotten comfortable with it. Just like when someone is going through something, I'm just like, Hey man. Yeah. I will say I have, there's a lot of people who love me in my life. And I think that that comes from empathizing that, you know, that's, that's how you build those friendships and those lifelong friendships is you have to be able to empathize with each other. People, people who aren't empathetic or who are just closed off to everybody, you know, they, they can't, that doesn't enable them to be close to anybody. Yeah. But you, I, but you can't overdo it on the empathy sometimes like for Ed, for your own sake, like you were saying, like gets to a point where it can be so heavy for you that it's just yeah exhausting and whatever else. I really struggle with empathy when I'm manic or in the hypomania area i have no empathy like almost none and i'm up there a lot and when i am like healthy in the middle and i've got a little bit of creativity and i've got some gumption and all this other stuff i i finally find myself being able to put put myself in people's shoes emotionally but man like it's really hard for me to bring that in when i'm when i have a healthy balance and things I, I get that because when I shoot down into depression, you know, which typically happens like a couple times a year, not only do I have empathy, but I feel their emotions in depression. Really? So depression brings that out of you, dude. I, well, because I, because I'm sitting here, like I feel, I feel terrible. Absolutely. Shane. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I feel in like when I hear about other things that are going on, that are a struggle. I just, I, I guess I'm just there with them already. So it's easier for me to empathize. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. There's a lot of analyzing to do there, but for sure when I'm sad, I can just, it's almost like I can just, I have like a radar vision for seeing other people who are going through heavy stuff too. I think I live yeah. in that. I think I just live there. I'm always in that place. I think, yeah, whether I'm, sad or happy or whatever. I'm just always looking for that in people. I think that's, I think that's great. You know, I I would love more than anything to have a healthy balance of empathy. Um, and I really work at it and I really try Uh, something that's really helped me with empathy is just like, just slow down and be in that moment and focus, which if you're manic or even hypomanic, that's almost impossible to do. Almost impossible, dude, because I am thinking, 
dude, like when I'm having casual conversations, when I'm manic, I am in my head thinking about, oh man, that's a, that's a really good statement they just made. Like you're just like overanalyzing things like super fast. Is that? Yeah. Well, and I, for some weird reason, man, I go immediately into monetization mode. I'm starting another podcast. Right. <laughs> it's called, I'm just kidding. Dude. And here's the thing, dude, what we're doing right now came out of a bout of mania and I had to sit on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this, I know I was manic during that time and I was very hyper-focused on it and thought like, man, this is, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. It was a flurry of text messages and video messages and audio messages coming at me and Joey. Yeah. Yeah. At, at a rapid pace. I'll do that. Like my buddy, my co-host will the podcast, he knows every time and he gets a sinking feeling in his stomach every time. But like I, I would send him a novel text message like at two in the morning because I had been just thinking about stuff all night. I can't sleep mm-hmm. and I would just write out everything so that, you know, I was like, oh man, I'm going to forget all this. This is just gold. Like this is, this is our next five years on a platter right now. I'm laying it down, bro. And I send it to him and, and he's just like, Hey man, I think you're manic. And you know, we just need to walk through that. And again, so kind, but you know, it, it, it scares him because he's seen what it does, Yeah, you know, and it's not necessarily based on, Oh, we have something together that might fall apart. It's based on a friendship that we've got together that might fall apart. (laughs) And so it just, it just scares him. And in that moment, it doesn't really scare me. You know, I'm like, no dude, no, no, no. Don't focus on that. Don't focus on that. Read the words, dude. Like there's, there, this is, this is what needs to happen. Like, and, and that's what, and that's what I do. But you're also in a place where you have a name for it. You have coping mechanisms for it. You have medication for it. Yeah. You, you, it's totally different now that you have been treated for an illness. Well, your illness was going untreated and that's what made you do things that you would never do. And now you know how to treat so that you would not do that as much or to that level, maybe ever again, hopefully, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what I wanted to ask you, Matt is how do you think, so, so you had this idea, this big idea, and then you came down out of mania and, and that's when you started questioning yourself, like, is this a good idea? Because I know I have bipolar now. So like, was I just manic? Is this a good idea? And that's when you kind of started bouncing it off of other people to try to get feedback on whether it's a good idea or not. How do you think you would have exactly what happened? How do you think you would have handled that before you were diagnosed? Because you came back down from that and you're questioning yourself. Was this a good idea? But did you even question it? And obviously it was. Yeah. Here we are. Right. So it's like, even if you had an idea when you, if you're manic or whatever, it doesn't mean it can't be useful or you can't, you're not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of my successes have come from mania. I would totally agree, man. I don't think I would have my, my web development business if it wasn't for hypomania and panic. Yeah. I don't think I would have it. See, that's, that's what I was trying to see. I was trying to see. Yeah. I look back at, you know, things that I wrote from the past, like I've got some notes saved and I'm reading through it. Number one, it's just like, holy cow, dude, like this is all over the place. And, 
but yeah, I mean, some of that stuff, ideas, you know, yeah, creative stuff, new businesses, all this other stuff. I mean, some of that stuff is well thought out, you know, right. or a good idea. Just it's almost like your brain's just on overdrive. Yeah, and then once you come back down, you kind of have to cherry pick those ideas and decide whether they're they're actually good or not. But I, I wonder if that's harder or easier now that you're diagnosed. Like, I'm sure you second guess yourself a lot more now than you did before. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like I've been able to kind of, uh, I, the first thing I do is I tell Lauren, Hey, I, I feel like I'm moving into mania or I'm feeling it coming or like, I've just noticed a few things that I'm doing. Like when I, when I talk matter of factly about something that I don't know, like, dude, like I was talking, I, I was telling somebody about the entire freaking restaurant business one time. <laughs> and I have no idea how a restaurant business even works, dude. Like, I have no idea. But I was telling them, you know, and I was also, you know, I, I went into this one restaurant and there was like a bakery next door. And I remember I'm like, I bet they, I bet they source these rolls from, from the bakery next door, kind of like a cross collaboration thing. And then I was like, man, that would be, dude, I bet somebody needs to like have a deal with them and stuff like that. And, you know, form that relationship. And yeah, I went into the weeds. Like that's a very 30,000 foot view of that thought or that idea. But dude, I was in, I I was thinking about overhead costs and like, dude, like I was, I was deep, man. And that was five minutes. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's when I, when you guys are describing this and and I, and we could talk about this on another episode, but I, I have had one, um, manic, like panic attack. I think I told you guys about it briefly once. And so I understand a little bit of the, of what it feels like to be a mania. Just a little bit. Just the panic attack aspect Um, of it. Or was there other stuff going on too? Well, I, I explained it to my therapist and he explained, he told me that it was mania, psychosis or something, but it was just an attack. Mm. Like it was an isolate. It only had, it happened February of last year. You know, I remember it. It was, it was about 20 minutes. I just remember all the, I, it was like overdrive and I thought I had a good idea and then I couldn't breathe. And there was like, then I got in the shower and I was able to calm down. And I just, I remember after that the next day and the unpacking from that was so exhausting. Like even just that night, I remember laying in bed, just like I didn't, I couldn't move. Like what in the world just happened? Yeah, When I'm rebounding down, like I will, I will think about my ideas when I had mania and the, something that just kind of shoots me even even further down is me looking at that and be like, that was so stupid. Like, why was that? You put all your energy into that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like why? Like this, this, you know, nothing about this, you, you know, and you're speaking so confidently, like confidence is when I'm manic, I am confident as hell. Like, I delusions of grandeur is what they call it. It's more than confidence of grandeur. delusions, delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and sometimes, you know, some, some people, you know, 
say that they feel godlike in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, that's basically what that means. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think I got that far, but there was a lot of things that were happening then that I just felt like I was so close to understanding what God is like, or, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is, Oh, this is what it's like. Holy crap. I'm firing on all cylinders right now. I'm freaking crushing it. Like I wanted to say this in the last episode, I had that exact same experience on Prozac. Sort of like a spiritual connection, almost awakening. I had the same thing, dude. Yeah. I was like, I've got this all. I was like, the world is conscious. And the crazy thing is I still believe some of it. Like, Kind of like you said, like you arrived at some of these conclusions while you're manic. And I still believe some of that stuff that I came up with while I was in that state. Well, it's chemical things happening in your brain, which is all the, which, which is what DMT stuff is, right? Mm-hmm. It, put, it starts a chemical thing in your brain that connects you to your pain. You believe, see stuff and then you, some, some of it you believe for, for forever. Yeah. You're saying it's like digging grooves in your brain and permanently right. making connections. Isn't that, it interesting how those things are so kind of related? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm talking about spiritual experiences. Like I remember one time when I was on Prozac, I think this, I'm pretty sure this is psychosis. It's probably one of the only, I might've had a few moments during that time where I I had like psychosis, but I was driving my car down the interstate and it was kind of like, you know, not heavy traffic, but lots of cars all around me. We're all going, you know, down the road. And all of a sudden, like the sky turned like twice as bright as it, as it should have been all the like lights of all the cars started to kind of blur together. And I had this sensation that I was like in a bloodstream and I was like a red blood cell and all the other cars were red blood cells. And I had this like incredibly spiritual experience where I was like, we're all one, like we are all a part of one thing and we're all, we're all just trying to do the same thing we all have the same goals, you know, it was just, it was like this very spiritual experience. And I took that for the next two months and just ran with it. Like I believed that I had had this incredibly powerful spiritual experience that was real. And I, it's like, tell me this, Matt, like looking back on it, it's hard to look at that. And I know that it was psychosis. I know that I was manic, but it felt so real. Like, I would hate to be stuck in mania because you would just have no idea what's real and what's not. Dude, the it's, I mean, it's real. It's real. It's real in the sense that it's really happening to you. It's really happening to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're not, you know, in mania, you're not wrong. You know, you're exactly where you think you need to be. You think you're living your best life. You think you're at your full potential. You have all these creative thoughts and ideas and, um, and you're just ready to go get them. And yeah, I mean, it's a ride, dude. It's a ride, but yeah, I mean, you just, it is real. It's real where you are. It's real in that moment. It's not until, you know, you come down that you can, that I can grasp plausible concepts, you know, or like uh, realistic concepts from that moment. And, you know, I think I've, I've done that my whole life, but I didn't have, you know, or some aspects of it, you know, I I don't have, I didn't have the language or the jargon to really piece that together as far as me having a mental illness, you know, I would just go on these creative streaks 
Yeah. I mean, and a lot of things came out of that, you know, so. Good things. That's what's so confusing about it. That we're just talking about what it's like to truly live with mental illness. Yeah. And walk with it. Yeah. And yeah. and it be a part of who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not. Does that sound crazy? Is that the wrong words to put to it? No, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, are we trying to separate ourselves from that? Are we trying to embrace it? Sort of like embrace the way our brains are working Mm -hmm. in some ways. I don't know. Well, you got to make the best of it. What else can you do? (laughs) You know, if you do have good ideas. For me, there's a weird line. It's like, how, how much into mania is a healthy place for me where I am? creative. I have ideas, but I can also make logical choices and decisions. You know, it's this gray area of where that sweet spot is. Yeah. Yeah. You, but you were saying also you live in, in something like a, a hypermania state more than a, the lower side of it. Right. Yeah. So that, I just think that's your person. I just think that's Matt, but Yeah. Well, it is Matt, you know, and I am Shane and, and you are Joey, you know, it's like, right. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I'm trying to put words to the idea that, you know, mental, mental illness is kind of just like a part of it. I think we're going to be asking ourselves, who am I for the rest of forever (laughs) for the rest of our lives? We're going to be saying, who am I? What, you know, is this, is this a decision that is coming from me or where's it coming from? Is it right? We're going to always be questioning everything. Which is good. Yeah. I think it's good to be questioning all those things. That's the only way that we can get through this. <laughs> we got to be able to analyze. Well, it's the only way that you can get tools, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's the only way that one, um, you know, you got to find a place to start and move forward. And part of that is just gaining knowledge and understanding about yourself you know, going and reading a blog or something like that on mental health is, is really great. You know, get educated. But when I'm talking about some, like educating yourself, sometimes I'm just talking about understanding where you are on the spectrum at that moment and figuring out what is logical or what is real or whatever, as far as the charismatic approach of your thoughts. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which leads me back to the chorus here. Okay. I never got to say what I think that second. Oh, well, we'll is. let you do that. And then we'll probably wrap up. Find a way to keep on saying, keep on keeping on. So no matter what your deal is, no matter what it is that you're, <laughs> whether you're trying to figure out if your decisions are fueled by whatever, it's like, no matter what, where you find yourself in this conversation or outside of this conversation, if all this sounds foreign to you, no matter where you're at on that, I think the it's like there's a place for everybody to say, okay, find a way to put one foot in front of the other and just keep going <laughs> until I feel better. Find a way, you know, that's, that's kind of, no matter what it is, we still have to kind of put one foot in front of the other and do it, you know? Yeah, man, that's, uh, I mean, that's the first part of the journey, right? I mean, that was my first part, you know, finding out something was wrong and putting together a plan. But honestly, I, I was not fully into it until my conversation with Shane, finding somebody that 
I could relate to find someone that could ask me questions and, you know, confirm things for me, Shane. Like when I talk about mania and you confirm things that helps me like that, that helps me understand and see things later that can trigger something in my mind that says, Whoa, hang on, hold, like, look at this, put this away, write whatever you want down, circle back up to it tomorrow. And just, just see if you come at it with a different approach. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the things that I've kind of implemented, you know, when I, when I do feel like I'm in mania, because it's not like, oh, I'm going to take another medication that brings me down from mania. I don't do that. I, I have something that's kind of like a prescribed, like, uh, it's kind of like a Bene, what a Benadryl would do, you know, and that's more so for the anxiety and, you know, panic attacks and stuff like that. But when you're coming, when you're coming down and up and down and up, it's, you're, fi- you're trying to find your reality and you're trying to find out what's real. So what I've done to cope with that is I find what the reality is and I find out what's real when I circle back to it and being, that's super smart. Yeah. And yep. being less, I will catch myself being, or, or like being so matter of fact, like, Oh, I know how that works. You know, when I don't might want to write this down for later. And I catch myself doing that. And Lauren catches me doing that. Like, like, see, that's awesome that you guys are, are able, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got each other's back to me. This really. is like super hopeful that you, we've been talking, Shane said it a few times. Like, what did you think about before diagnosis and after di- diagnosis? And like, these are all tools that you guys have developed and that you've developed, you know, skills. Yeah, I mean, Lauren's come up to me, you know, now that we have an understanding and, and I've grown and I can hear things better you know, she'll, she'll come up to me and be like, Hey babe, like, how do you feel about mania right now? Cause I'm, I'm seeing some things and I'm like, no, I feel great. You know, like, and this was two months ago probably. And of course I feel great, Matt. That's not that, that's not the, that's not the answer. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the answer. The answer is probably yes. If I feel great, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's picking up on what, she's seeing so that I can get ahead of that. And it's just training my brain a little bit better, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, I, you know, if I'm out in public or something like that, and then boom, I have this huge impact of mania going on that I, and, and, but I've got that experience and language to understand that I'm doing that. So in that moment I can be like, Hey dude, don't run and tell everybody what's going through your mind right now. Like I know you want to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's just, that's just something that's a, a, been a huge help. And again, that's analyzing yourself daily. That's mm-hmm. picking up on what people close to you are, are picking up on. And you're not afraid to bounce those things off of other people. I think that's, I think that's a big reason why you are, you have been and are currently successful in dealing with this because you're not trying to do it by yourself. You're, you are asking other people, you're asking me like, Hey man, you know, do you think I'm acting okay? Like, because the, the analogy that I like for it is, uh, you can't, you can't fix a broken tool with the broken tool. Like if you're the one that's in it, if you're the one that's feeling it and it, like you said, Matt, it feels, 
at the time, you just feel like you feel good. And, and you think before you were diagnosed, if somebody else told you that what you were doing seemed off, you would just totally write it off. But mm-hmm. now you're not afraid to take those suggestions into consideration and, and really, like you said, analyze it and think about whether they're right or not. Yeah, dude, that, I'm true. That is, that's a lot of stuff to walk through, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, looking at my situation with the friends and you guys and, my wife and you know, I, I feel like I've been given a wild card. I have something in my pocket that I can always go to and I know that it's going to to win for me. You know, like I know the people that I have surrounding me are gonna be able to handle it and they're gonna be able to speak something that's true in that moment, you know, to me when I might not be bidding out truths myself, you know, or uh having uh what what is it of grandeur what'd you say delusions of grandeur delusions of grandeur yeah man that's i think i know somebody who might have that <laughs> is it a politician <laughs> <laughs> oh man no let's don't go there let's don't yeah all right guys think guys and i'm talking to you guys not people listening just again this is just so good for me personally it's not even you know we we once said that you know this podcast like regardless if it gets heard one time or a hundred times it's going to be great for us and i agree with that man like every time we've gotten together to record it's like yeah we've got something to do we've got something to get done but in those moments man like i don't know i just Let's talk about these lyrics, but let's also talk about how we're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, exactly, man. I mean, if we want to say these lyrics and go down the page and just tell what we think about them, then cool. But we got into some real stuff tonight, and that spawned from our discussion of the song. And that's what we want the song to do. Absolutely. You know, sharing a song with somebody is way easier to do than, Hey, check out this mental health podcast that I really think you would enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's, it's a different way of, of approaching. And I'm excited about this song. I'm excited for people to hear it. They've already heard it. If you haven't, you need to go back and listen, but we know it's not a top 100 hit, but don't sell a short, man. You never know. You never know, dude. You never know. We're manic as hell, man. We're going to it, baby. Taylor Swift may not be interested, but my mom is. <laughs> okay. Dude, my mom is 100% listening to this. Mine is too. <laughs> my neighbor thinks it's cool. Okay. Oh, man. Guys, y'all are a lot of fun. Well, we'll see you guys soon. Honestly, like with us taking, you know, doing eight episodes and then taking some time off and maybe we, you know, release one every week. I mean, here's the deal. We've, we've got pretty complicated lives that deserves breath. It deserves rest. It deserves breath. And that's why, you know, I'm, I've been talking about doing shorter seasons and not having that burden of we've got to get an episode out this week because we do it every week. I do that with the podcast and I I just couldn't do, I don't think we could do that and keep our sanity. Okay. I'm glad you said that. 
I'm glad you said that. This is heavy stuff. I, I love doing this. I love hanging out with you guys. I love talking about this stuff. But, you know, here in 10 minutes, once we end the call, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm exhausted after we talk about this stuff. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. In a good way, though. In a great way. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In a great way. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening to our our struggles, our song, our song lyrics. Again, encourage you guys to go listen to that song. Share it with some other people that you think might need to hear it. Um, it's not a blatant, you know, way of saying you know they need help or anything like that. But it might start the conversation, and that's what we want. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you next time.